Welcome to City Limits. I'm Kevin. And I'm Ann. And we made it through Thanksgiving. We sure did. It was a lot of work, but I think everybody was happy, fed, and, you know, I don't think anybody went home disappointed. Well, maybe. Maybe a little disappointed. <laughs> the food, of course, was delicious. And the house looked pretty. Yeah. And the Brussels sprouts had the right amount of bacon. Maybe but, a little extra. But uh, everybody was maybe a little disappointed in the in the Patriots game. But Which, I don't ever remember them playing on Thanksgiving. That's the... They did a while ago. Yeah. Years ago. Um, That's yeah. how much I pay attention. <laughs> Not the same Patriots team, though. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And we're, we're into the holidays now. Oh, yeah. We're yeah. into... You know, yeah. like the tree lightings are happening throughout the city. Yeah. Everything's starting to look really festive. So whatever you celebrate this holiday season, we wish you all the best of everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and we're wrapping up 2022. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. yeah. We'll have a few of these people. Well, at least one more, right? <laughs> right. So let's see what we're here to talk about, Ian. Mm-hmm. Maybe somewhat of a dry subject, but. Uh, An interesting one. It's, you know, we'd like to talk about history in the city of Quincy. Yeah, so June 2021. Yeah, um, the administration came to the city council and they were looking to purchase two properties on Adams Street and they have with CPA monies, which they've taken the two properties down right next to the Adams Academy. And it's been, you know, there's green grass there and a parking lot yeah. that's attached to the Adams Academy. And then the city is looking to take by eminent domain the Adams Academy, right. 8 Adams Street. And they're, the fight or the, the battle that's been going on with the trustee and the city of Quincy is the city of Quincy claims that they own the land and the trustee owns the building and they were going to go and quiet the deed and they were going to take it by eminent domain. But the question that I had that night and the reason why I voted no that night was because the Supreme, there was a, there's a court in Superior Court. North Fork uh, Superior Court. And because of COVID, everything was kind of backed up, but they kept saying it was coming any day now, any day now. And it's finally up. Yep. It was, it was decided on November 18th. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2022, and it's basically the Adams Fund Trust versus the City of Quincy, and the City of Quincy lost. Yes, it did. So we're going to go through this case. We're going to kind of. I think we we want what I what I think that then the city should have done at that meeting was really kind of give the history of the whole thing. So we're going to try to give the history of the Adams Academy yeah. and the land going back to 1822 as best we can. <laughs> as best we can. Please remember, we're not attorneys. Yes, and we can't <laughs> pronounce the attorneys' names. <laughs> We will do our best. Yes. So let's start at the beginning. A timeline. <laughs> A timeline. All right. So June 29th, 1822, just a few years ago, mm-hmm. President John Adams executed a deed giving real estate to a trust, mm-hmm. the Adams Fund Trust, naming Quincy's predecessor, the town of Quincy at the time, as the trustee. Correct. The deed directions were to use the rent and profits from the real estate to build a stone temple, the United First Parish Church. As it stands today. And a school for the boys. In school for boys. Um, a month later, July 27th, 1822, President Adams executed a second deed conveying or basically giving additional property, mm-hmm. including a parcel of land formerly owned by John Hancock. Mm-hmm. His birthplace, I think. And he directed that the school, described in the first deed as as the school for boys, mm-hmm. be built on that land. And that is 8 Adam Street. <laughs> 8 Adam Street. And who received that property from the second conveyance is the subject of the dispute. Mm-hmm. And that's whether it's the city of Quincy or the town of Quincy or the trust. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a little... 
The school, the building was finished in 1870, opened in 1872, and continued until 1907 when because of declining enrollment and a lack of funds, it closed. Mm-hmm. Skip ahead just a couple of years. <laughs> February, February 11th, 1953, the Supreme Judicial Court, SJC, and that's probably how we'll refer to it going forward, used a doctrine, and I'm going to mispronounce this, of Cypress, <laughs> basically allows the court to amend a legal document to enforce as close as it can to the original intent of the instrument in situations where it's becoming impossible to enforce under its original terms, because it's obviously it's a, yeah. I mean, a couple centuries later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so they decreed that the net, net income of the Adams Trust Fund be paid to and expended by the city of Quincy trustee for the conduct, operation, maintenance, management, and advancement of the Woodward School for Girls. I I didn't know that part, but um, and then Doctor Ebenezer Woodward, who's John Adams' cousin, was his personal physician, Mm -hmm. and he was married to a Greenleaf. Mm -hmm. A Greenleaf Street was named. Greenleaf Street is named after, Mm -hmm. and of course, the city has taken now like a decade to restore a building, right? Yeah, (laughs) a decade, (laughs) almost (laughs) seven years. They've been trying to to restore the Greenleaf building, but yes, that's correct. So Mm -hmm. another history lesson. Yes, Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. So then we skip ahead. But I think the reason why that was important was that that's where the Woodward School was built because Ebenezer's wife wanted a school for girls to be the sister school. And that's where the Woodward School for Girls began. Right. And that's why they refer to it as sister schools. Mm-hmm. Right? Skip ahead a couple decades. April 25th, 1972, the city of Quincy, who's the trustee and the attorney general, sought authorization to lease property, mm-hmm. land and building, to the Quincy Historical Society for $100 a month for 50 years. And that ended in on July 13th, 2022. So their lease has expired. Yeah, just this year. And then July 11th, 2007, uh, the Woodward School for Girls, who is the income beneficiary of the Adams Trust, mm-hmm. uh, brought a complaint to the SJC against the city of Quincy, city of Quincy, who's the trustee, mm-hmm. seeking an accounting, and thereafter alleging breaches of fiduciary duty in regard to management of trustees' assets. Because mm-hmm. the, the the beneficiaries the, is the school, and they were not seeing they weren't seeing what they thought should be the investments that were coming out of the trustee. So they were they were checking for the accounting of that. That's where yeah. that came from. And that was transferred to Norfolk County Probate and Family Court. Mm-hmm who in February 18th, 2011, with Judge Judge Langlois, ordered Quincy removed as trustee and appointed James DiGiacomo in its place. You did that so much better than me. <laughs> I can say it now. February 23rd, 2011, um, Judge Langlois issued 65, a 65-page ruling including separate findings related to the 1972 lease of the Adams Academy and Quincy Historical Society, found Quincy violated its fiduciary duties regarding management of assets, mm-hmm. ordered Quincy to pay $3 million in damages. And I just looked over some of those reasons. Um, I think they also had to pay for the legal filings for the trustee. There was a, there was a lot more. So we've never really had an accounting of 
what has these, what have, what have all these legal claims between the trustee and the city of Quincy and the city of Quincy losing the ability to be the trustee has cost the city and the taxpayers of the city of Quincy? Yep. They failed to uh, invest properly. They failed to sell an undevelopable parcel of real estate. So they sold up parcels of land um, and they misused the monies. I think they paid people. Yeah, they authorized improperly payment of trust funds to individuals who are already being paid by the city of Quincy to perform work for the trust. So they double dipped, basically. Mm-hmm. All kinds of things. Yeah, and this is going back, you know, multiple administrations. This is happening right. through gonna, for a long time. This isn't. This is. This is. It's very. It's very interesting. But you know, it's a. So Quincy appealed that decision, um, and, and at the time, Quincy did not raise any issue with the lease. But with the, with the who owns the land right. or the building or any of these that's, things. That's key. That's a remember, very big key. Remembering that. Yep. On February 19th, 2014, the new trustees of Adams Fund, the new trustee, Mr. DiGiacomo, took up a matter of below market lease by bringing petitions against Quincy and Quincy Historical Society. The judgment was for Quincy at the time mm-hmm. um, under principle of res judicata which basically says the attorney general was representing the, the will of the people. And so, Right. And at the time that the lease was um, made to the Quincy Historical Society, the, si- the city of Quincy was the trustee. So when they went to the attorney general and got that approved, it was it, they didn't have to show it to the school per se yeah. because they were the trustee. So it's a, that, that basically means it was adjudicated by a competent party. So mm-hmm. procedural history, okay, for this case, let's take it from there. It was filed in 2019 in a single justice session of the SJC, seeking authorization to sell the property. Dr. Giacomo wanted to sell the property. Right? So basically they were trying to, I, I can't speak for what the trust was trying to do, but they were just trying to claim ownership of the land and if they wanted to know what the value was, and they wanted to sell it. Yeah. And they can do that because he's the trustee. <laughs> right. Quincy moved to intervene asserting an ownership claim. The trustee opposed the motion against that Quincy was precluded from raising the issue of ownership under the doctrine of issue preclusion. A single justice agreed. Quincy appealed to the full court. On July 13th, 2021, Quincy recorded an order of taking of property. That's what we mentioned earlier. The Adams Trust Fund, remember, Quincy was removed as the The trustee. trustee and now to Giacomo is the new trustee. Yeah. So he moved to amend the lease um, before the single justice mm-hmm. of the SJC to include Quincy as a defendant and to claim for declaratory judgment that the Adams Fund Trust was owner of both a building and surrounding mm-hmm. land on the property. Uh, Chief Justice Budd allowed trustees motion noting that her previous order invoking issue preclusion didn't focus on the distinction between ownership of the building and the ownership of the land. Mm -hmm. This is the key issue of the dispute. She ordered the case be transferred to the Norfolk Superior Court for decision. That's where the was ultimately handed down Mm -hmm. uh, with instructions for the court to consider whether ownership of the land owned was definitively or definitely decided in early legislation and whether the city is precluded from relitigating the matter. Adams Trust then files an amended and supplemental complaint in this court, the Norfolk Superior. So Quincy filed a motion for judgment on the pleadings, seeking a declaration as to his own ownership rights. Mm-hmm. So that's basically the case. That's the case, yeah. So who owns 
the land and the building is the case that's between it was in front of the superior court. And in the meantime, the city of Quincy back in 2021 decided to take it by eminent domain, basically saying that this would make this mute, but, um, but it really doesn't because it actually, this ruling actually comes out and is very clear. Yes. And the second part of that taking by quieting the, when they call it quieting, quieting the deed, they still have to settle the amount that they would, the city of Quincy would pay for if in fact the trust wanted to settle that and they can go to court because they have to prove that they own the land. <laughs> right. Okay. So here's the analysis. The Adams Fund Trust contends that in the Woodward case, that's the, the 2007 case, mm-hmm. right? The probate court determined that the Adams Fund Trust owned the property, including both the buildings and the surrounding land. Mm-hmm. Although Quincy appealed the decision of the probate and family court, Quincy did not make any argument on appeal concerning ownerships of the property and so the Supreme Judicial Court, SJC, decision did not disturb Judge Langlois' finding on this point. Mm-hmm. Because its ownership had already been adjudicated, the Adams Fund Trust now asserts principles of, of issues preclusion prevent Quincy from relitigating its claim to the contrary. The Adams Fund Trust is correct. Issue preclusion means prevents litigation of an issue determined in an earlier action where the same issue arises in a later action Mm -hmm. based on a different claim between the same parties or their privies. They can't keep fighting about the same thing. Right. (laughs) It's based on three elements. Uh, One, there was a final judgment on the merits in the prior adjudication. Two, the party against whom preclusion is asserted was a party or privity with a party to the prior adjudication. So it's the same parties. And third issue is the issue in the prior adjudication was identical to the issue in the current adjudication. Arguing the same thing. Yeah. Okay. So so for the third element, Quincy contends there never was a determination of ownership essential to a judgment. I agree. This is the judge, of course. Mm-hmm. I agree with the Adams Fund Trust that the issue of ownership was adjudicated in the prior action and was essential to Judge Langlois' judgment. In deciding each of those claims, the probate court necessarily determined that the Adams Fund Trust owned both the building and the land at issue. Uh, The claim for an accounting required the court to adjudicate the amount of funds that should be in possession of the trust, the Adams Trust, determine any amounts which the trustee is liable to the trust or its beneficiaries. So the claim for breach of fiduciary duty required the court to consider whether Quincy had fulfilled its obligations regarding, among other things, investing and managing the trust assets. We went over this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Therefore, both the claim for an accounting, this is the key part, and the claim for breach of fiduciary duty raised the threshold issue of what assets belong to the Adams Fund Trust and required Judge Langlois to determine how Quincy had handled those assets. Mm So contrary to Quincy's argument, Judge Langlois did not presume the Adams Fund Trust owned both buildings and the surrounding land when considering the Woodward School claims. Rather, his detailed findings indicate that he actually decided what assets the Adams Fund Trust owned and then assessed Quincy's management of those assets. So, um, and this is basically the, they cite a case, Corella versus Salem Five Cent Savings Bank. An issue may be actually decided even if it's not explicitly decided for it may have been constituted logically 
or practically a necessary component of the decision reached in the prior decision. Yeah. So again, this is just going back saying that, you know, they got removed as the trustee. Quincy was was negligent in their fiduciary responsibility as trustee and was removed. Then they were trying to figure out what the assets would be for the new trustee that was going to be coming in to manage it. Then the city of Quincy now is coming back and saying, well, you, know, you can have all that, but we own the land. And yeah. it's it's it just keeps growing over and over and over again. So they don't own the land is what the, the end result was. And um, I think when they were going through this, they were basically saying when they were asking for the court to go back to the full bench to kind of rule on this, that they were stretching Judge, I can't say his name, um, interpretation of the language of the, of the deed. And the judge goes on to say, Judge Langlois first explained what President Adams conveyed in the two deeds. His findings reflect that he found that the second deed, like the first, conveyed property into the Adams Trust, mm-hmm. not to Quincy. Not to Quincy. No, Qu- and Quincy the, had been removed. Well, the, it got re- it got when President Adams wanted this land to go into the trust. The town of Quincy was the trustee, so it, it's just whoever's the managing the trustee. And then tr- Quincy was removed because they just did not manage responsibly the trust, mm-hmm. and it was removed. And this new trustee, J- um, J- Giacomo, got put in. And I think there's a, since then he's passed away, and there's a new there's a new trustee. Gel, gel cut. It's J-A-L-K-U-T. But back to this, it's hard to imagine a clearer determination that the Adams Fund Trust, not Quincy, was recipient of the beneficiary mm-hmm. of beneficiants <laughs> of President <laughs> Adams in the second deed. This is why we're not lawyers. Yes. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, the trust owns the land and the building. This, is what this is coming down to. Yeah. His description once again makes clear that he determined that the property owned by the Adams Trust encompassed the building and the surrounding land. So the clear title is with. This is the quote. This property consists of approximately 62,000 square feet plus or minus of level land near an MBA stop in Quincy Center. There is a building on the site which formerly housed the Adams Academy. The property is subject to a 50-year lease which expires in 2022 to the Quincy Historical Site. Mm-hmm. There's a parking area lot which can accommodate 45, 50 parking spaces on the rear portion of the property. So he's clearly identifying that as, yes. as something that Adams Trust owns. Yep. And um, so therefore, the city of Quincy does not own the land and there's no dispute over who owns the land and who owns the building. It's the trust. And now Quincy wants to take by eminent domain the eight Adams um, and to be able to do that, the trust can actually go back to court and, and fight to keep that or not settle with them because it's, it's a price that has to be put on the, the, um, the taking. And how much, do you think the, how much do you think the Adams Academy is worth, Kevin? Well, I'm going to go with what uh, Councilor Phelan said in that eminent domain meeting and uh, priceless. It's priceless, yeah. So... The unfortunate thing is what we don't know as residents of the city of Quincy is this has been going on for quite some time. And there was a $3 million settlement back in 2011. And there's been court cases going back and forth and legal fees and hiring of special attorneys. We had to pay. I think the city of Quincy is is required to pay the legal fees for the trustee for the ones that they've lost. So the question that I think the taxpayers should have is how much how much has this cost to date and how much more are we going to go forward with? For this, and the Adams Academy is a beautiful building, and it's owned by the trustee. And what's really sad is that why can't we get together 
um, and actually work with people rather than, you know, take them to court in the situation. Mm -hmm. Because if it was done correctly and Quincy as the trustee, and this is going back decades of abuse and actually really managed the asset, we might have already had, you know, a presidential tourist place for people to go to. What's interesting about this ruling, it came out on November 18th, Kevin, and that was the same day that they were having, they were having an event at the Adams Academy to celebrate, um, in 1872, the Adams Academy being built. In 1972, the Quincy Historical Society entering, um, you know, going into them. This is no knock on the Quincy Historical Society. That's where it went into. And then they mentioned, too, in 1822, John Adams deeding deed to Quincy. And it's inaccurate. And the reason why it's inaccurate is because of this SJC ruling. I mean, you can't rewrite history. The fact of the matter is this is this is this SJC ruling is is letting you know what history is saying because there's legal people making this ruling for us. We can't just because we say it doesn't mean it's true. That's the problem that we have here. And you know, at the end of the day, we have the national parks in the city of Quincy. We have a trust and we have the Woodard School for Girls that's also part of history the sister school that's still there. We have the Adams Academy. And if we worked together as a community with these assets, we should we would be able to tell a great story. But instead we keep going to court and fighting about them. And it doesn't make sense. Right. All because, you know, somebody has a vision for what they want, a presidential library that they don't own the books for. It's just it's costing the city and the taxpayers a ton of money. We don't know how much, right? We have no fees and we ne- we will never know because that's never anything that we discuss. What we say is you know, we have all the facts. We have all that. We know everything we need to know. And we're going to take things by eminent domain. Don't ask any questions. Don't call, you know, call me, don't call them. This is, this is an end result of a ruling that they asked for. A judge ruled on it. The city of Quincy went back and said, nope, we want the full bench. We want all five judges to come back and give us a ruling. And they did. And they said, guess what, Quincy, you don't own the land and you don't own the building. Right. So in this document, uh, I think this is the final reason. I think it's the one we need to Hammer home. If Quincy disputed Judge Langlois' finding in the Woodward case in 2007, the Adams Fund Trust owned both the building and the surrounding land. The proper time to raise that issue was in that case. Mm-hmm. In 2007. Yeah. yeah. Quincy did file an appeal, but did not challenge Judge Langlois' interpretation of the language mm-hmm. of the second D at the time. Mm-hmm. The issue having Having been decided, Quincy is precluded from raising such an argument now. And at the end of the day, the, the, the interesting thing is with eminent domain, it's, it's, this will play out in court. It will take forever. It will cost the taxpayers money, and it doesn't make sense. Right. It just doesn't make sense. When with the ultimate of what you're hoping for would be to work with the trust to find a better use of the Adams Academy that would benefit the trust, which would ultimately benefit the school, the Woodward School, but also benefit our community. So that that's what needs to happen. But, you know, the relationships are really kind of, you know, they're at odds with each other. And I'm not sure if they can be mended. They might be able to be mended in the future with future, you know, down the road with other administrations. But right now, this is this is a tenacious kind of situation that we're in. So I just want to get to the final part of this um, case. So the conclusion in order by Paul D. Wilson, Justice of the Superior Court. For the, these reasons, plaintiff Adams Fund Trust motion for judgment on the pleadings is allowed. A declaratory judgment shall enter that at the time of the order of taking, the Adams Temple and School Fund was the legal owner of 8 Adams Street in Quincy, Massachusetts, including both the building and the surrounding land. It is 
further ordered that Quincy's counterclaim is dismissed. Yeah. So at the end of the day, the trust owns the land and the and the building. And the building itself is priceless. So I'm not sure what the cost is going to be to the taxpayers if the city of Quincy wants to own Yeah, this, wants to own that building. Wants to own this building. And unfortunately, it's a social issue at the point where you should be working together yeah. with the parties. Instead of being a hostile party, you should try to bring the parties together yeah. and maybe form some kind of agreement that benefits the Woodward School for Girls, the sister school of the Asma Academy, mm-hmm. which is basically mm-hmm. part of the original intent of mm-hmm. uh, conveying that land. So Yeah, it is, it's an unfortunate part of government when you see things like this happen, because it's like, if I don't get it my way, I'll go around and around and around until I do. Every avenue of this argument keeps coming back to the same spot where Quincy's not going to get the Adams Academy. So we have to find a different way to work with, um, yeah. to, to, to get the, if, if there's a vision you're trying to get to, you're going to have to find a different way to get there because it's not going to happen this way. And it's at the end of the day, they're just like in when Quincy was the trustee of the, the of, of the Adams um, trust, there was no records of anything. And we're not seeing any of the records. How much is it costing the taxpayers, this battle that we've been right. going on forever? And when DiGiacomo tried to put out and maybe find out how much that real estate was worth, mm-hmm. maybe the city could have offered him money then. There's a lot of things. And uh, I don't instead think of expending all this future money, future time, future... At the end of the day, I'm not sure if they were ever going to sell the Adams Academy. I think right. they might have just been trying to figure out, like, what's it worth so we could, I don't know, maybe they want to take a loan out for the Woodward Girls. I don't know what they wanted to do, Kevin, but I do know is that this is costing the taxpayers money, eminent domain, the future. And we are headed into a recession. People say we're already in one, but the the, the ripple effects of what we're going through right now, this isn't this should not be what we're focusing on, right. but it is. And, you know, I, I, I have a feeling now that this ruling came out, the um, the Quincy Historical Society will have to find a new home, is my guess. And it might be in the very building that we posed that the, the building department was going to go into in Greenleaf. Greenleaf. It's my guess. It's Greenleaf the, Greenleaf, the Greenleaf building that's taken seven years to, it may, would make sense. It's taken the longest time to actually renovate. But I don't know where, I mean, maybe they won't have to. Maybe maybe the trustees will let them stay there. But it's an interesting, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting tale. And it's a historic one. And it's one that doesn't have a good, doesn't leave a good, good plan. It was a great story up until the abuse of um, taking, taking, taking advantage of the, the trust. And it's- right. The city now, I mean, the city to insert itself in the process is crazy because it's not Quincy's, right? Yeah. Um, they're just interfering in the ownership. And this whole thing about quiet the lease. Um, quiet the, the, not the, quiet the lease, quiet the title. Yeah, yeah, title, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's not least, it's title. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, nobody was disputing it. It was just the city of Quincy, mm-hmm. and, and they don't. So where do we go from here, Ian? I don't know. It'll be interesting to hear what Quincy Quincy has to say about this. They'll they'll try to make it seem like this is nothing. They'll play a good off. They'll play a good offensive and be like they'll still. I think Quincy's still going to fight it. You do. I do. Yeah. Otherwise, the administration has to put their future museum on those two other parcels, I guess. Yeah, or else buy, buy out the rest of the corridor. And, yeah, they want to, rumor has it, they want to buy out the rest of the corridor, including yeah. Planet Fitness. It's just, you know, the, again, this is one of those things where it's, is this necessary? Is this something that we necessarily need right now? 
Um, is this something that's going to help us? Right. We are in a financial situation. We have to be very careful about how we're moving forward with the city of Quincy. And I don't know necessarily if this is the right way to go. We do not have, there's another legal case that's going to have to depend whether or not Boston will, you know, Boston has has the books that Quincy wants back. They're not getting them back. I don't think we're getting them back. <laughs> I mean, the, you know, we don't have a good track record at this point for what we're doing. And sometimes, you know, you know, sometimes you have to let the, you know, your dreams sit by the wayside. <laughs> So at the end of the day, this ruling has come down and Quincy, who was the one who asked for it, hasn't told any of us this. We found out because we, we were watching for it and it did come down on November 18th. And we will wait and see what the, the reaction is from the administration. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And hopefully, you know, the press will pick it up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but until then. So, okay. So what else do we have going on? Here? So tomorrow night... Um, probably when this podcast posts um, tomorrow night is a city council meeting and it's going to be the public um, forum for um, setting the tax rate. So people can come out if they have any issues with the tax rate is tomorrow night. So the tax will be set tomorrow night for the 2023 fiscal budget. And then we will be, what we haven't talked about is we also had the, um, the final decision for the police station, which was approved for the $23 million. We can come back and talk about that too. And about what, what that means, the total cost and how much it's going to cost the taxpayers. Okay, sounds great. So I think that does it for this week, Dom. City Limits. Thanks, everybody. Bye.